This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Spidey's 16th Minute. Oh, wait for me, honey. Okay, go ahead. You do it then. No, no, that was great. I just... I just wanted to look in your beautiful eyes. Thank you. Welcome. Spidey's 16th Minute. We are here. We're going to talk about some hot topics, catch up on life, see what's going on. We have a great guest today. We have Alex Baskin, who is a very successful producer. He also did the Hills reboot, so we have a personal connection with him as well. We have had so many amazing memories with him. Just stay tuned. Let's see if he wants to talk about any of them because <laughs> he's also a former, he went to law school, so he's very good at, you know, avoiding, uh, he's like talking to somebody in court. So we'll see what we can get out of him. But it's, He also produces Vanderpump Rules, uh, Housewives. Okay, maybe we can get we'll some uh, <laughs> some juice out of it we'll try our best we'll but, squeeze yeah well, it's gonna be you're gonna have to wait till the end maybe the end of the episode he'll reveal his thoughts about everything that you want to know about um but let's get down to the most breaking news since we've last talked Brandy spears got divorced or is, I, is getting divorced no did you see that coming You know, I follow a lot of conspiracy TikTok and Uh there's been a lot of, you know, you look in the reflection of his glasses when he's on the jet and the reflection, Brittany wasn't even on the jet. And then the photo they post, she's with him. So I've already been like, how, you know, but I always thought she was, he was filming these reels at least, but now she must have a, like a halo stand at this point and she must have. But, you know, I don't know the lighting on that halo she's got. I have to say that's what I was the most excited to see, too. Or not excited to be, to be like, okay, is Britney really filming all these TikToks of herself and, like, reels? Or is he doing it? Because I kind of thought he was doing that, too, and behind the scenes and probably putting it together. But it's like, no, it's her doing this and putting these together. So I am now convinced because I've obviously been wondering why Britney doesn't have OnlyFans making millions of dollars like all these other creators. She must have a deal with Facebook and Instagram where her real bonuses, because they do pay for reels, she must hit the targeted where she's making on every reel, like minimum, just 10 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand, you know, on the low end of things. Because like I've been in my reels, it's saying like, if you get this many views, you'll get $5,500. I've never hit that target, but she's for sure hitting these targets. And I bet with a bigger audience, you have a bigger bonus payout. So she, this like whole is Brittany. Like I think she knows exactly what she's doing with all these half naked, naked, reels i think they're just making so much money she's like 
this is better than making an album. Yeah, it's interesting. And now she's on Snapchat ever since the creator fund has expanded. So somebody obviously reached out to her and was like, put this content on Snapchat. And it's the exact same content. So, but then you had those guys like holding her and licking her leg kind of. And I was like, I don't know what is going on here. But her on the stripper pole too, I was like, she's going to the next level. I love that she bought a stripper pole for her house. I will say when I saw those, that group of guys, I thought, what a great app that would be for like breakups or divorces. Like it's an app. You get five like buff guys that'll lick your leg for content. Like the second (laughs) you break up, because like how fast she got that content out, it looked like it was an app. Like, like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, how does she know these guys? Where did they come from? How did she get in contact with them? Has she been in contact with them? Like, how does Britney Spears reach out and find these guys? Or do they find her and like come there? Like, who knows? And maybe they're just friends or backup dancers. Who I don't know what they are, but it was very interesting content. Speaking of Brittany, I was at uh, Brody's birthday party last night and this guy, somehow Brittany came up and he was like, yeah, you remember um, Rick Solomon had a house in the colony. Um, and I was like, I don't know, but I'm listening. And he's like, yeah, we were all like hanging out there and I'll never forget, I walked into the bathroom and Brittany was butt naked in an empty bath, pretending like she was talking on the phone. And he's like, and then that next day is when it was the big story where she shaved her head. So I was like, Brittany's been, you know, very, and I had already told you that, you know, what your boy and Fat Rata told me when they were at Kevin Federline is that she walked around naked all the time. So I just don't think it's that, I think she's always liked being naked. So it's not like people are like, oh, she's, something's wrong now. It's like, I think she's, which no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Monetize that Brit. Right. And she now just gets to be more public with the image she is and how she's feeling. Like she's been so calculated and, you know, with the conservatorship and everything, I feel like with every post they were so calculated and with everything. And now it's like, it's just kind of Brittany on her own doing what she wants to do and what she really does, I guess, you know. In a perfect world, in my dream world, Taylor Swift would fly Britney to Sweden, mm. take her to Max Martin's studio. You know, I think Max Martin's like a half a million a record. Taylor would executive produce Taylor's version of Britney, co-write with Britney and Max Martin and just drop like the new Hit Me Baby one more time, like just the biggest smash hit and just do her music video in her living room on her Super Bowl and just... I really wanted that Britney comeback. Like, I wanted her to, you know, because, like, Christina Aguilera's stayed in it, like, with her music and on, you know, so, like, been in that part of the game. And so much of who Britney is, at least uh, us in the audience, is that pop star. So, like, to have part of that, I don't know if she just doesn't want to do it or if she doesn't have access to it or if she's over it, which I totally understand too. I wonder if she just doesn't want all the people that made money off of her. They Maybe they still have paperwork. It's kind of like the Taylor Scooter Braun thing. Maybe she doesn't want, maybe her dad still gets a piece if she does music. Like maybe she's waiting. Like we don't know like a term date where like now she's free and clear. Speaking of Scooter Braun segue... Um, well, actually, I think we should get ready for Alex Baskin because he is oh, on the listen, line. We so, know how hard it is to get him. We'll do hot topics at the end. So stay tuned because there's a lot of breaking news. Tonight, 
We are on with Alex Baskin, the infamous, amazing, successful producer. I'd say one of the best in this entire industry, the best producer we've ever worked with. And I don't know if he wants to be infamous, honey. That's not really, (laughs) that's not really the underground infamous. No, honey. This is Google that. That's not what Alex Baskin is. Jeez. We'd be more infamous. Uh, uh, so, uh, excuse me, sir. Um, Alex Baskin, the respectable uh, television. Thank you. <laughs> Here's Alex Baskin. This is going very sideways. Yeah. Welcome to the pod. Um, oh so, gosh. backstory. I'll never forget our first time meeting Alex Baskin was at the Bel Air Hotel when they were bringing back the hills. We were so excited that they chose not to do the former producer of the hills and they wanted to get an actual successful current producer, which was Alex. And I remember thinking, my gosh, this guy's our age and he's the, <laughs> this is, we've been doing something wrong here. But um, and I actually missed like the whole lunch because Gunner was one and I had him out in the yard and I was going back and forth and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't even really be a part of this meeting. And I had never left him and I didn't have a nanny, but I had Grace there like pretending she was going to be the nanny. Yeah, that was so for people who think reality TV producers are these, you know, whatever you think, I'm not even going to put that out there. But a lot said, I would say that Alex has been one of the most loyal, like supportive, wanting us to succeed people that we've ever had in the television business. And in general, yeah, no, in so, life. no but in life, maybe in general, yeah, just like as a touchstone. And I truly believe that if we'd had Alex in 2005, we'd be as successful as a Lisa Vanderpump, who it's like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, probably. no, but I mean, like, I know we could be like Lisa Vanderpump. Like, I don't know about Kim. <laughs> I don't know if we would have gone that far, but, uh, all right, we'll let Alex talk, but we're just very thankful to have you on the pod. We know you don't like media. You're a, you're a low key. We also bullied him into buying his first designer clothes, um, which was a great memory. That is true. Shoes. Shoes and a sweater, I think. Um, also, Alex will not valet park. Uh, so he street parks everywhere. So if you think these, you know, big shot producers are reckless with money, he will walk four miles to the restaurant to avoid valet. So he's. So what was your first impression of us, Alex? Well, I was excited to meet you guys because that was not an easy show to take over. And I love the fact that you guys were all in and that you appreciated having another opportunity. And then ultimately, which we'll cover, I'm not really sure what we're able to do with it. We got a second season and that was about it. But you guys were a ray of light in that experience. Thank you. That's so nice. So how do you think The Hills was successful for so long in the beginning with such a hard cast and formula and amateur producers at the time, really? Well, I think that it was a different show at a very different time. And we'd never seen anything like The Hills. And so to see young people who were living the life in L.A., and obviously the show looked great because there was a lot of lighting and <laughs> a lot of work <laughs> with them to making sure that it looked almost like a movie. So, um, so I think that was something that was unlike anything that we had ever seen, but I think 
it was a hard cast to try to make a current show with, right? Because I don't think that everybody was all in. In fact, I know they were. Right. That I know that was a hard conversation. That was a hard situation to be in. Like I remember when Spencer went to New York and met with the heads and they just wanted to do a show about Spencer when he was in the meeting. And then they were like, Spencer pitched the Hills reboot, which ended up coming through to you ultimately. Um, yeah. And what shows were you producing at the time with the Hills reboot? So at the time I was doing uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Orange County, Vanderpump Rules, among others. But I think those were the shows that the network looked to and wanted to kind of capture with the Hills. And, and again, that's where we struggled because very different show than Vanderpump Rules, even though Vanderpump kind of carried the torch from the Hills. Vanderpump is hard hitting and not scripted at all and about a real group of friends that are tight. And what we found with the cast of the Hills is that the friendships were fractured and in many cases existed because of the show in the first place and not outside of the show. Yeah. And that is continual, except you and Brody. Spencer went to Brody's birthday dinner last night, actually. Would have Ooh, been, how was that? It would have been a great scene. Linda was there. She had an amazing speech. Um, you know, I am, we would have got a couple of minutes out of it, the party, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the pressure of reality TV. Cause when you start looking at everything as like scenes and is this worth it? You start realizing how hard your job is. And then if the talent doesn't care, like that was the problem with Heidi and I for reality TV being so self-aware and working so much with production all along that we never got treated like talent. You know, we were just like part of the team. And so that's where it goes sideways in the sense that, you know, the cast starts looking at you differently, but you don't get like, no, we're trying to make you yeah. show you're on better, but they don't care because they're like, oh my God, you're so fake. And it's like, no, we're making a show. This is a job. These people are paying us. And then that goes into this whole concept of just, you know, where I get so frustrated with all reality TV people nowadays is like, they're ungrateful. They don't realize how hard it is to be on a TV show. And we've talked about this, uh, you know, a million times as Heidi and I continue yeah. to call you trying to figure out how we get back on TV is that how hard it is to have a television show, especially now more than ever. And where is your take on trying to get that through to your talent. Like this is not like the old days of like tons of shows and networks buying shows. And yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately wonder, first of all, if people don't want to be on a show, they shouldn't be on one. So it doesn't do anyone any favors when they sign up for it. And you guys have heard me say a million times, everybody wants to be on a hit show, but no one wants to make one. Because making one is really tough and it requires a sacrifice and a commitment and a constant appreciation for the show because it's even harder to maintain a show than it is to get one. And it's really hard to get one. And so I have a deep frustration for people who sign up for a show and then don't follow through on it or fight production. And ultimately, we can only make a show that is as strong as the commitment of the people who are on it. Yeah. Another frustrating thing with reality stars or a lot of people that we've 
um, at least we've experienced is this image crafting. Like everyone wants, or so many people, at least on the Hills reboot, like this certain image and I'm going to be this and I'm going to say that it's like, just be authentic. Like that's the best way to go. Just like be yourself. If you fight with people, just naturally fight with people. Like we had people on our show who didn't really like each other, but they wanted to for the script and the show. Like, oh, you know, Adrena's a star. I'm going to get along with her, even though I talk smack about her and don't like her. Like I, I saw people doing that. And I was like, if you have a problem with Adrena, just talk to Adrena about it. Or if like, if I had a problem with her, I did talk to her about it or Chris, whoever it is. It's like, you need to just be authentic instead of having this Instagram image. And that's a hard translation when you get like influencers or people. It's like, they're two different things. They're two different jobs. They're two different talents, really. Like if you're great at Instagram, that doesn't make you a good reality star. No, it's a really good point. And in fact, it sometimes can make it difficult for people to let go because they're used to having a control and I'm all we're asking for is for them to be themselves. And sometimes they don't even know what that means. So um, that's also something that we face. We try to filter that out in casting as best we can. We also run into people who may not be influencers, but think they know what we want to hear. And so we'll give like, you run to that on real housewives all the time. You know, you'll get like a comp reel in casting of someone giving you these crazy bites that they think would be really fun on a show and you could just see it being sort of cringe because they don't know who they are. So that's definitely a challenge. And you can't have some of the cast actually making a show and the rest of the cast acting like they don't want to be there because they're too good for it. And really they want their clean vanilla image on social media. I love when you always say you can't play tennis by yourself. Like that's a good quote. Like when we were like, what do we do with this cast? Who's like image crafting and only wants to have certain storylines and problems with us. It's like, well, you can't carry a show by yourself unless it is a show just about you, which doesn't exist anymore, really. No, that's really hard. And and I, I know that the Hills cast and plenty of others, not even singling them out, will ask us, what the storylines are for the season. And the truth is, we don't know. They need to arrive. So we'll kind of know what's going on in people's lives. But then the idea is to document the reality, not to ask us what it is. How much did did you watch a shift in the on-camera talent when social media like started popping off and like this influencer culture idea? Did you watch a shift in everyone from the housewives, all your shows? Did people just change across the board? Or the people that are the real ones, they don't care what, because I feel like before you got to produce shows where there wasn't your identity, like where you were producing your own show off camera in this other reality. Yeah, it changed a lot. So the original seasons of Orange County were pre-social media or social media wasn't much of an influence. And so there's a purity then that I don't think that you see now because it's very difficult for people to filter out feedback. And now what happens is you have people calibrating what they do in the moment to what they think the response is going to be, which is always a recipe to make sure that the audience actually thinks that you're disingenuous. So it doesn't work, but it's very hard to tell people that. And it's more challenging as shows become more high profile. Yeah, I feel like there's so many unlike you just watch these shows now and it's like they're trying to go from last week's Twitter now X, excuse me, mentions like they're trying to like literally respond 
in real time on the show to like what some randos are saying. You know, it's like this is a small group of people even it's like that's not even it but it's just no and it's it it reflects also people who have extreme opinions that they also will change in an instant it's like if you reply to a hater on twitter they'll tell you how much they love you so it should not be the north star for anyone when they are just asked to be themselves i love how in the housewives though it is cutthroat. Like you will get replaced. And I think that was such a good example to the industry in general. I don't know how you guys came to the conclusion, if it was the network or production, or if you guys were like, we need to recycle some of these housewives out. And I felt like it really put everyone in perspective. Like everybody is replaceable on these shows. If you're not stepping up or if you're not being authentic, I don't know how that's decided when a housewife is replaced, but I remember starting to see that. And I was like, oh, everyone's yeah. going to be on alert because this is a job. You're not like born this amazing person that everybody wants to watch. It's like there's lighting, there's cameras, there's um, everyone is putting you on this stage. And if you don't get up and exist and function in there and thrive, like then that's not the job for you. Yeah, I mean, I, the franchise is bigger than any one person in it. And so I don't think that everyone is immediately replaceable because then you would see a million more hits and you could get rid of anyone whenever you wanted. And <laughs> so I don't I don't think it's quite that simple, but I do think it's been a good formula for success. And I think it's something the network saw when they expanded the franchise and the, uh, the audience would fall in love with a new group of women. And then in turn loved fresh blood year after year. And so I really appreciate everyone who is on the shows because it's a difficult thing to do. But I do think that sometimes people overstay their welcome. And I think if they don't want to be there or if they're not contributing to the show, then they probably shouldn't continue with it. What would I have to do to be a housewife? How would I like what if someone was like, I want to be on one of these shows? Like what what do you guys look for? Well, we look for a number of different things. And one is, is there a connection to the group? Does it make sense? And so obviously, the closer the relationships with the existing group, the better. Then is it someone whose life we want to know more about? Is this someone who is layered and interesting and different and doesn't feel like a carbon copy and also can stand up? to whatever they need to, right? So it's someone who can actually matter in the group and make an impact. I'm really close to Kyle Richards secretly. So you want to put me on Beverly Hills Housewives? We saw her at Cafe Vita and she said hi. I was going to say, you can't now say you're secretly really close with her. That (laughs) could get you, you know, people think some potential I'm not really close to her, obviously. (laughs) I'm just saying. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Okay. Well, she did say hi to us at Cafe Vita. I will also say that my whole life, I've always, like, once I got into reality TV, the dream was always like, oh, I'm going to sell shows and be an executive producer. And you think it's this glamorous life. And, you know, with all due respect, once I really got to know you and saw your life, I was like, oh, this is, I do not like, it's not, you know, people. I'm glad I made it look terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, it's not fun. Like, it's my gift to you. Like your job, people don't understand, is every single talent is complaining about Every single thing, every single day, that's just the talent. Everyone has an issue. Everyone, and they, they treat you like you're so, like a, like a babysitter and their parent, like 
where do you draw the line of like how you keep it professional and be able to moderate so many, you know, cause you don't, what you're good at is like, like you don't take sides. Like you, yeah. like your whole thing is I'll follow the truth. If you do something and it's what well, that's on you, we're going to capture that. I didn't make you do that, but we're going to cover it. Cause that like, how do you frame that? Because there's a lot of personalities and you want to get along with all the people, your employees technically, but you also want to be a boss. Like, Yeah. I mean, I've always found that as simple as it sounds that if you treat everyone with respect, then it gives you license. Then when times are difficult to sort of talk them through and keep them engaged. And I think if you take sides, you're done. So you may be perceived to be playing favorites at a particular time because the situation is hard for people. But as long as you can stand behind it, then I think that, you know, you'll ultimately sort of find your way through whatever the situation is. But it's hard. I mean, I've always thought if I had a big birthday party and I invited everybody from the shows, the seating would be impossible because there's a bunch of people that just don't talk to each other. Right. Or or have issues with each other. And so. Uh, that is tough. It could be really draining. Um, and, and my best laid plans for any day never end up actually happening because there's always some pseudo crisis that, you know, that comes up. And, and contrary to popular belief, a producer's job is not to break shit or not to create a mess. It's to keep everything going. Yeah, I love that. It gets tough, though, when people start playing the victim mentality. Like I know we had experienced that a little bit and people just want to blame you for choices that they're making. And it's like, you made this choice and now we, you committed to filming it and that's your job. So that seems like a hard balance. Like Spencer's saying to encourage people like, look, this is what you signed up for. That was your choice. You made that decision. I'm sorry. That sucks for you. That's kind of the consequence. But at the end of the day, this is also what you signed up for. Yeah. And I'm sympathetic to the fact that people sign up for a show and that it's different when you're going through it and people just want to figure out a way around it. Or my favorite is the request that something not air like as though we actually have luxury pretending that something doesn't exist, which we just don't. But I try to put myself in their shoes. But uh, what no one wants to hear is the only way through it is to actually deal with it head on and then to move on, right? And so all of those values like accountability and responsibility sound great in theory and they're great when we're having team meetings before we start production. But then they hit everyone differently when something that they didn't want to happen arises. And does it obviously it frustrates you because I feel like you're such a voice of reason and you want to like, you can show a tat, like a person that maybe is looking so bad. You, they have the ability to change that if they like just follow a path and instead they just shut you down and like think you're playing bad guy. It's like, no, you put yourself in a situation and why don't you go through this journey to sh- like your best chance is to actually keep filming and to show people a different version versus just be like, oh, I'm done. I'm not showing this. I'm not following that. And that's what so many I feel like I've watched. Yeah. So many people are like, just, oh, I'm done. I'm not doing that. And it's like. Well, that's exactly it. And that's why I try to foster a relationship of trust so that hopefully I can help when we get to those situations. But the number of times 
that people have not wanted to hear that the only way through it is to keep filming and explain their side of story. And then after when I've run into them months, years later, and they've said, I wish I would have listened to you. You know, I understand it's human nature that it's difficult to hear that at the time, but it is frustrating because they have more power than production does. So I know the real reason Heidi, besides Andy Cohen, not liking Heidi for whatever reason, or both of us, that's the reason she's not on the housewives. But the other is the idea of like franchise hopping or show how like I wanted to be on Siesta Key when it was popping and they're like you can't be on Siesta Key it doesn't make sense because you're on the hills I'm like no but I'm gonna move to Siesta Key and like it just is too confusing in the audience like where does that line like in sports you can switch teams and be a part of a be traded but where does the line come in reality television production where you're like no we can't no matter how good a talent is like will you take somebody from the Miami Housewives to Beverly Hills well, I always joke about that with Housewives because they always pine away to be somewhere else because it looks like it's more fun to be part of a different group. And I'll tell them it's not like there's no job transfer form. But uh, <laughs> I think that we've relaxed, I think, the requirements a little bit where it comes down to whether or not it makes sense, whether or not the person would be a part of this group, whether or not it's real. And so I think there used to be more of a strictness where if you were identified too much with a certain show, then it would feel like Heidi coming on housewives was Heidi from the Hills who now has booked her next job. And I don't think that's the case anymore, but it still, you know, has to pass the test where it makes sense. And the person really would belong. Like, I don't think you and Siesta key would make any sense. But I think that's the bigger problem there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> call me crazy. I love boats. So there is a chance that one day I could be a housewife. There is a chance if it made sense, because I think that I could easily sense. be in orange County. I think I could easily be in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm near both, right? Realistically, if we had just won the lotto and bought the biggest house in Beverly Hills, we're now the like richest couple in Beverly Hills. Would that be more of like, oh, wow, they're the new richest people in Beverly Hills. We could add like, could that be a segue? Hypothetically, we start buying scratchers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You should, uh, <laughs> you know, go down to wherever mobile in the Palisades. Is that still there? It's not. It's <laughs> now uh, It's now St. Laurent. <laughs> oh, it is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick Crusoe. That's the way that goes. Yeah, yeah it's, we've come a long way. They um, don't sell scratchers at Mort's? Uh, There's no more Mort's. You know, There's Mort's I know. Yeah. We, uh, we can't. Another one. Um, how did you get into reality TV? You were a lawyer. You had, yeah, I mean, you have so many yeah. credentials. Like, what was your inspiration and how did you get into it? I had interned for MTV when I was in high school. And then I had ended up setting up a project while I was interning there. And I met Doug Ross, who had founded Evolution, ultimately was my business partner. And uh, so he had told me that if I ever wanted to get into the business, that he would give me a job. I uh, had a detour in law school, but realized that I did not want to practice law. So I called Doug up all those years later and asked him if he still remembered me. And he gave me a job as a development assistant. And then I stayed at Evolution for 16 years. And, and that was a story. And we kind of, you know, caught the wave. And Housewives of Orange County became the Housewives of Beverly Hills, became Vanderpump Rules, became botched, and so on. 
And um, so it's been, you know, a wild run. And now you've segued into feature films as well, right? You have a a big, uh, big project coming out with. Uh, You're very excited about it, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, I, I just want to be invited to the premiere. I'm a big Bryce Hall fan. So is that something you want to do more of feature films as well? Yeah, I mean, the idea is to do uh, a little bit more of a diversity of programming on the whole. And so a lot of the projects that I'm developing and projects that I've set up are different kinds of unscripted series. So they're docs, game, true crime, I've set up podcasts, doing uh, scripted programming, which obviously is, you know, at a halt right now. But that's the idea because I don't want to make the shows that I've made forever or even these kinds of shows. And I love them and they're great, but uh, it's fun to expand my horizons, challenge myself, tell different kinds of stories and take a little bit of a breather from this. Is there a show that you're like, how did I not sell that? If there's one reality show that you're like, you like if you could have the show that got away from you, A, or B, that you see on TV that's like, how did we not do that? That was, I sh- like, how did I not think of that show? Well, the shows that I'm most envious of are the really simple ones in the factory. Just like, it would be really fun to make House Hunters, right? So I just, every day when I'm dealing with nonsense and garbage, I just look at that and like, that looks fun. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, you know. It tends to be that the biggest hits are simple and straightforward. So something like The Bachelor is, you know, just so obvious, right? And a tough show to make, but at the same time, one that has withstood the test of time because it just has what everybody wants to watch in the most obvious way. So I looked at that. Um, I think Survivor is brilliant, and it's obviously a really durable format that also has stood the test of time. Uh, but all the time, you read announcements about shows and think, shit, I should be doing that. Where do you see the evolution of reality TV and TV going in general? Like in the next 10 years, what is that going to look like? I think the rate of change is greater than it's ever been. And so if you look at how different it is now from five years ago, I think that it's just going to change as rapidly. And I think as much as the conversation now is about streaming, I think distribution might change again. I think there might be direct-to-consumer. So I, I think that it's hard to predict, and I think that's part of what you see with some of the labor issues right now is no one knows how content is going to be distributed. So I, I don't think we, we know, but I do know that the cool thing about a hit show is you still get to reach people in a really meaningful way. And so it was the fun part of what happened with Vanderpump Rules last season is that it broke through in a major way. And I would say even more so because it engaged a completely new audience that was finding out about it across the board and on different platforms like TikTok, right? And so we had a young audience that had no idea what the show was in the first place that started watching it. So Heidi had a, speaking of Vanderpump, Heidi does not like cheaters. Let's just put that, uh, you know, I don't either just to be clear, but like, she really doesn't understand why just like a cheating thing got so big. Oh, you know, yeah, I just don't understand why Scandival was so big and captivating. I mean, like no offense, they weren't married. They don't have kids. I do see it, it's sad for all the parties involved and you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, but I don't understand the cultural phenomenon that all of a sudden Ariana is on the cover of L magazine. And this is like 
the craziest thing I've ever seen when I feel like this is a more of a common thing that happens on reality TV. So I just, I didn't understand the, yeah, the, like, the polarity was there just nothing, of it in pop culture. Was it like the perfect, there was nothing going on in the media at that time, nothing in pop, like, was it just this perfect, so like, I know you've now thought about it, but why, yeah. why do you think it, it hit? Just like, because I feel like you've watched a lot of cheating in your- And congrats on yeah. the nomination yeah, as well. Yeah, Mr. Emmy nominated uh, show. Yeah, I mean, I can't fully explain it. I do think that part of it is that it all played out on the show. So and it happened to hit when we were like seven episodes into airing and it was actually brewing on the show. So like the group was questioning whether something was going on. So that happened to be sort of the perfect timing. And then I think the fact that it was a show that had been on the air for 10 years. So there was an investment in these people. And so I think everyone took it really personally and really emotionally. So I think there was that. And then and then the fact that we shot out what happened, that we put cameras back up and in real time captured the story. But it still blows me away that the reaction was as extreme as it was. And I just snowballed and I, I suppose we benefited from no other big story in pop culture in the news at that time you know Brittany wasn't getting divorced or whatever oh we were just talking yeah, we're just, about what that. are your thoughts about that are you you're single right now would you take Brittany out on a date <laughs> i mean i don't know about that i'm not sure we're compatible <laughs> oh, why isn't Brittany on the housewives of oh, oh she lives in the valley right you could put her on your new spinoff Right, the valley. I mean, I you know, I think we'd have to see. I'm not sure that's probably the best place for her to be, but who knows? So I know we call you at least every few days to ask to actually get on that spinoff because that seems the most logical that Heidi and Spencer moved to the valley. We do know Sheena was on the hills, and uh, that girl Kristen. I've seen her on uh, Instagram and uh, you know and, and posts. So I feel like that if you get a season two. Could be us jumping the shark a little bit. We could pull that one off. And I just did an event with Jax. Brittany seems super sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so far, uh, you guys have pitched moving to Orange County, Beverly Hills. So I guess this brings me to one of my other questions. Where do you think Spencer and I go to get our 16th minute? How do you think we continue to... Um, parlay our success and career. What would you suggest for us to do? If if you were a ma- uh, you know big shot agent, like we, you have high regards for our agents and managers. So our producer, yeah, producer. Well, I think that I would love to see you guys host something together. I think that that could be cool. That could make a lot of sense. And I still think that there's. I think your lifestyle is fascinating and so i mean you know that i think that a series focusing on you guys would be great it's hard to carry a show completely on your own because it just doesn't exist these days right and so even the kardashians are it's the huge family beyond the fact that it's the phenomenon that it is but i i definitely know that your time will come again 
Thank one you. Day, one day, thank, thank uh, you. Thank uh, you. Again. Um, <laughs> Not on my shows, but I won't be involved, but I will tune in if it, if it happens. Um, no, that was, that was such a somber note. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> That's going to be the new intro to the show. Our Your time will come. Your time will come again. Thank you, Yoda. Okay, um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How, speaking of Kardashians, this, from your perspective, how did that go down? Like as a producer, do you see like, oh, of course, or is that just the perfect story? Like, cause for their success, yeah, their success is just, where is Shocking. that? Oh, I, I think success is obvious after the fact, but the truth is that they were passed on by a million different people. Right. And then that also was the right set of circumstances where they had the support of Ryan Seacrest and E! needed programming at the time. And so they sort of caught, and now it makes complete sense. But people did not think that at the time. And as much as anyone wants to talk about the origin of Kim's fame or whatever else, Robert Kardashian was not well-known. I mean, you could point to OJ's attorney, but I'm not really sure what that means. You know, and there are plenty of people like him that are involved in scandals or have dated famous people and do not end up with the success that she's had, right? So I think, again, I that's a really unique family and there is no next Kardashians, but I also think that anybody didn't predict the first Kardashians. We that's, sure didn't. Yeah, I didn't see them coming. Um, Good for them. <laughs> do, when you do uh, like the edits on shows now, do you, when you guys do your super teases and your cuts, how important is like getting the viral TikTok? Like, do you have a meeting and like get the Scandal trailer in a 90 second tick? Like, do you not even, it's just, you just focus on TV commercial or is that now coming into play on how you look at rolling out shows and teasers? Or is that party, is that not even in your, is that somebody else's department type thing? Yeah, I mean, we just put together the, the shows and the super teases themselves. And typically if you come up with a banger, then it's going to work across TikTok and everything else. Right. So you just kind of, that's sort of a part of your thinking, but we don't explicitly talk about it, but we do know all of the social media interests and we do track all of that. And that's necessary these days, right? If you can't get people talking about you across all different platforms, then they're not going to watch. How does production decide when to step in on a situation? Like if you guys are filming something, when is it like, okay, somebody needs to go there and interfere? Like what is the protocol to that? You mean like in Laguna Beach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I have no idea what you're talking about. But um, we, we err on the side of caution. And so I think that in the old days, you know, the... The idea used to be, well, we're documenting what's going on, and so it's not our job to get involved. And now, if we think that anyone is in distress or that a situation you know, might emerge, that we have to step in. And so it's really a matter of judgment. Do you have security on every thing? Do you guys have to, like, what I'm thinking of is, um, like, Zeus has that new Bad Girls Club with Natalie. So, baddies. like, for them, baddies... So like for them, they have to have, you know, because there's a lot of like physical fighting and stuff and they have to have security and inner, you know, things like that. We had security on the hills. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. That's oh. right. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, we have security based on the situation, but if there is any foreseeable chance the that some issue might might arise, then we do. Yeah, just at our house, so, we wait, have the security. You didn't always have security. Thanks for protecting us yeah, extra. Thank you. Um, That's right. I forgot. And then people think that like there's not lawyers involved and everything that goes on these shows is completely like heavily vetted. So, yeah. Right? I mean, there's yeah, there's it's reviewed by a number of different people, including, you know, multiple attorneys if needed. Right. So, I mean, there is a responsibility factor here and there's a conscientiousness to making sure that you know we can stand behind anything that actually airs on television also, which i can't say is true for everyone and people talk about every show now like when we used to do original hills like you couldn't say anything or you supposedly there was a, it's like people go and talk about every show on everything like the networks and you guys aren't like going like even though you sign paperwork you're not going nobody because nobody gets in trouble for talking about anything. So this whole idea. We've talked about everything and yeah. we have not gotten yeah. in trouble. So don't it. tell on ourselves. Jeez. Yeah. So that's just total like. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we want people to feel comfortable bringing any situation that's concerning to our attention. We don't want the contents of the show given away. Right. But. There's so much chatter across the board about behind the scenes and how shows are made and speculation about them. And obviously that continues freely. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and doing the Hills reboot and taking that on. I know that was, you know, a big choice for them to have you, which was a big get for MTV and for us. And thank you so much for actually making a real reality show because it was so refreshing to have an even playing field with all the characters, especially season one, where, you know, you had Lauren and she was so great, the producer. And she said, like, I'm just following the truth. And so it was the first time I felt like I was on a show where it wasn't like, well, this is the narrator and this is the favorite and this is the storylines. And, you know, all the cast was like, well, what's the storylines? And she was like, just freaking be yourself and authentic and what you're saying. And it was just a really nice way to kind of end on the Hills note for us, especially season one. I felt like that was, you know, um, a really great moment of time and of reality TV. So I just think that you're so honest and you have such great integrity and values. And I just really appreciate that experience for us that you let us end on that note. So thank you for coming on our podcast too and for being so awesome and such a great person in our lives continually. What, like she's, it's so true what she's saying, but like, do most people feel that way? Do like, do they give you, as Miley would say, your flowers, like, you know, or is it you have to be off a show with you to then appreciate you? Or like, are some of these cast members texting you like, thank you so much. Like, this is so great. I'm getting all these brand deals and these ads. Like, do they, are they self-aware of if it's, they weren't on this show that you're making successful, putting all this time, like, you're not getting this ad. You're not getting this little gig. Like, that's the weird thing is when I feel like they don't get, it's the TV show that makes you popping. It's not because of your, how good your Instagram or your TikToks are. Do, like, do people appreciate you? Do you feel that way? Or is it usually just people that are on their 16th minute, like, Alex, we love you. Wish we could be on a show <laughs> with you again. 
<laughs> no, I think that there's a good deal of appreciation and I like working with a lot of the people that I do. There are some that I don't think fully get it or won't get it until it's too late, but I also understand that it's hard to be in the shows, right? And so I think that when you're in it, it's hard to see outside of it. I don't think that you necessarily have the perspective. And so uh, that's just the frustrating thing for me is that they may not understand until it's too late, right? And then they'll end up regretting the fact that they fought the process. But um, on the other side of things, um, look, this is also a lot of fun. I mean, it's stressful and difficult, but it's also a ridiculous job. And so I appreciate the fact that this is how I get to make a living. I think also like for us, we had other producers and we had other experiences. And for a lot of people, you're their only experience. So they don't know how good they actually have it. So for us, when we were treated so badly by producers and, you know, like Lauren was the narrator and the favorite and that's it. And you guys are like the leftover, do this, do that, or you don't get paid type of things. Like we've dealt with so many different situations and so many producers that we can see the value and how great that you are. So I think some of these people are just spoiled. <laughs> like I, I actually want some of the cast members you work with, I want their cell phone numbers to call them and be like, look here, you can like, you got it good. Yeah, like, you got it good. <laughs> Go to lunch with Alex, figure out a plan. Like the way you're going about this is a hundred percent wrong. And I just want to like shake him like a Anyways, gentle shake. We'll but, just uh, end on that yeah, note, but thank you so yeah. much for our experience and being so great. And it's great to have seen a light in the entertainment industry too, that, not every experience is the same. And I feel like you are really outstanding at what you do. And not only are you good with creativity, you're great with talent and with your integrity. And that's appreciated. Just so our audience knows, we are already signed in a different development deal with another production company. <laughs> We're not over here just kissing Alex's butt to get out, you know, yeah. to be working with him in the near future. But Sounds like never. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. He, he hopes us. We still love him. saying, you'll do fine one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you for your time, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's good to see you. So back to where we were. Just big breaking news that Scooter Braun is no longer, you know, I don't, again, this isn't, we're not a news program. You know, this, <laughs> this could be some incorrect information here, <laughs> but supposedly he's no longer going to be a talent manager. And so I would love to know how much blowback now from Taylor Swift being at war with him. Like, is Demi Lovato just getting so many DMs? I can't believe you're with Scoot. Like, Swifties are a freaking, not just, a, they're, a, they're, not, an they're army. an empire. Yeah. Like, you are, like, I would not, even if Scooter Brown was making me rich, I don't think I could handle the amount of Swifties coming from me. Every, like, I'm sure they're just, I saw at the concert. <laughs> Wait, I'll take his scooter's money. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be a hard position to well, be in. So it's like hard to tell. The best way for these people is he's stepping back so they can say he's not yeah. their manager anymore. Uh, yeah, obviously something's happening. I think it's, Who knows? I think it's Taylor blowback. But let's also address something. Uh, I did. Yes. Th there's something okay. happening to us in the media, the internet. Okay. So it was just a joke. So about a month ago, I did not know that Bethany was going to really sue NBC Universal or put together these lawyers. Bethany, if you don't know from 
the housewives at one time mm-hmm. and whatever Bethany else she's done. And I saw a TikTok where she was talking about how reality TV people should strike. And I jokingly said, I don't know what Bethany's talking about. I've been on strike. That's why you haven't seen me in any shows, which making I thought a- making a joke because I'm not on TV right. and I was trying to make an excuse for not being on TV. Next, you know, let's get like, gets like a million views. Great TikTok. Make sure you follow and like all my TikToks. And uh, and then Bethany does another video and she's like, Heidi and Spencer are part of my case. Like, I've spoken with them. My word. We're actually out about to pitch our own reality show and we're willing to do everything all these people are supposedly complaining about. So we jokingly made a TikTok saying that we're not on strike and people are taking it so, and I said reality TV, but people are like, confusing that with the WGA, which I support. I'm part of WGA, you know, and we're all down with that. I even, so. Yeah, just trying to be a clarification. Like we are not involved in Bethany's lawsuit or a reality TV strike. Like that was just, so the lesson is you can't joke about what someone else is doing when they, she didn't even lay out the plan yet. Like she hadn't mentioned a lawsuit. She wasn't getting Raquel or whoever like riled up. Like this is a whole different thing that we want nothing to do with. So I, you didn't listen to it. I listened to part two of Rachel. This part two is supposed to be the juice. I just skipped to part two. Okay. So Rachel, who was on Vanderpump, she's back to Rachel. She got rid of her cat. Her original, she went on Bethany which good for Bethany because there was 400 ads in this. So this whole complaint about, you know, reality stars not getting paid. I want to see how much she paid of all those ads to Rachel, Mm -hmm. who she let just burn down the house. Right. Any chance getting back on Vanderpump, that could have been the nails in the coffin and getting involved. And like I was, you know, trying to tell Baskin, that's one of his talent that, I would tell so fast, Alex can give you a plan to just go on the show, not be part of all these other casts, build your own friend base, go through this journey of trying to show the humanity in yourself. Like you do not win leaving the TV show where there's now only one narrative. Yeah, you were the culprit. You made a mistake, but you have a whole season now to make people maybe not feel bad for you, but be like, oh, she made a mistake. She's human. But go claiming abuse and this, like, is this is the worst tactic. And Bethany is doing what she is pretty much saying that these networks and production companies do. And she's literally monetizing and, you know, I sabotage. Maybe she didn't pay her. Maybe she should have made a public, should have started the episode. Rachel is getting this much money off of my, to be clear, you know. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard line. And once, you know, Rachel goes past that line with reality TV and networks, we, we know that when you start burning them, then nobody's going to want to work with you and touch you. And that's her best position in life to make money. I mean, like she's saying that she needs the money. Like that's, she said she's in debt. Yeah. You're, right now you can, way, they already said minimum 300 K is waiting for you to just put on hair and makeup, <laughs> go out to a, a hipster. Probably don't well, even need hair and makeup. No, but I mean like, right. I mean, everyone puts make, not professionally. I mean, like just right. put some lipstick on and right. well, get 300 K. Oh, no makeup. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whatever. You could just show up literally and have that. And it is true. That would be her best 
way. And it's like, who cares if the cast isn't film with you? We had a cast that wouldn't film with us for years, but for we were able four to- four seasons, pretty Yeah, much. so it's like, you could just- be on your own and reinvent yourself. And they almost that whole cast is cheated. They've all had scandals and cheating and this and that. And look where they are now. They've rebounded. They've changed their lives. Some of them are married with kids or just have kids or whatever. It's like she has a long run game and is definitely cutting herself short. And the success of last season, good or bad, was a big part of her life and storyline that she was willing to put out there. So to not reap the success of that and kind of let the cast win and take all that fame and money and success and box her out, that's a hard place to be. Like, I remember when Lala was cast out and like all the people, you know, so it's like you can come back, but not when you are going on a tangent and threatening things. I mean, the reality is if she play this right, like I'm just thinking about, you go on, you do a little thing and then they spin you off to the Valley because you don't have major beef with Jax. You could move to the Valley. So you're, you go on Vanderpump and then mm -hmm. for the season two of the Valley, now you're in building this new world without the cast that prior done with you. Watch out, Brittany. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, it, it's anyways. just so frustrating because it's just the people around you. I'm sure she has yeah. the wrong publicist, the wrong. It's like the shows are so powerful and to leave them is just so to crazy. be clear, we are not on a reality TV strike. Spencer never was. It's just this, a TikTok <laughs> joke. I, th I actually thought Bethany was joking when she first said it. And now it's become she like a whole so thing. She says so much stuff on her TikTok. Right. So I didn't I think didn't, she was joking, but I thought it would like. I thought it was just like, like a, next. Next, she's back to eating crawfish. And we out fully of a bag, support you know? the strikes that are the. We support WGA. labor. Yeah, labor disagreements. Right. Okay. We're just so. we're as we're my, PC. Okay. My comment section said we're just scabs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, thank you so much for another great episode. Spidey's 16th minute. I see in my crystal ball that we're going to have a lot of success, Kevin. Maybe not the housewives, maybe not uh, Vanderpump, but we're we did have just our get our success. deal with one of the biggest production companies in the world, which is a big first step. You know, we're coming. We're co coming know. to a screen near yeah, you. It All made right. us text you videos, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you.